0: Welcome to A&E, the show that's about anything and everything, and it's presented by Erin with an A and...
1: Erin with an E!
0: Yeah, hi there. How goes it?
1: Uh, It goes, it goes.
0: I'm awake. I'm super excited. Uh, If this is your first uh, episode of A&E, we do literally anything and everything. We bring a topic of our choice, uh, and uh, the other person has no idea what that topic is, and of course, neither do you. And we're going to do a presentation on that topic, uh, followed by uh, a little game uh, that the other player can earn up to 10 points by playing. At the end of the episode, the player with the most points wins uh, and gets a completely unearned, undeserved sense of satisfaction. So we always start the show with uh, a catch up. How are you doing? What's going on? Um, And also, of course, are there any emails slash voicemails this week?
1: Yes. Actually, we have two. It's very exciting. So we we got one voicemail through Anchor, and then we got a second voicemail that came in an email to our inbox. So we've had our inaugural email.
0: Stoked. Our and first email. I later. know.
1: I know. It's Our lives might be sad because we're pretty excited about it, but you guys are awesome
0: listeners. So yeah. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's-, Let's jump right into them. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear what they have to say.
1: All right. Well, these are super timely, I have to say, because I forgot to check the inbox last week. So <laughs> um, I'm so used to there not being anything that I was like, "That's fine. Plus, well, so we do this show super early in the morning, typically, because we're trying to accommodate your busy podcast. Schedule yeah. as well as my time difference.
0: Right.
1: And um yeah, anyway, so apologies, uh, but here comes the first voicemail in chronological order.
0: Hi guys, it's Colin here. Hey. Just thought I'd give you a quick message to say, Yes, I did get thy special package. You're fucking amazing, all of you. I love you all to bits. And I'm enjoying the show. It's interesting, funny. Sometimes a little uncomfortable when Aaron's got to follow a really serious topic with some comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) And glad you're loving old QI, but I've got to ask the question, fry or tox big? For me, it's got to be fry. Anyway, bye. Ooh, uh okay so uh the package he's talking about um colin is a, a, a dearly uh, beloved fan of both of our other podcasts uh and apparently now this one as well um i, I know he listens to BFYTW, he's contributed a whole bunch of uh, ideas and such like that and i know he's a fan of um uh, Bi- coastal coastalbiaches because he's he's done whole uh, <laughs> bunch of voicemails and fun stuff even his uh his dear uh wife i think they're married yeah Yeah.
1: she's Uh, a she's our second female voice caller ever mm -hmm. on biker Viages, and
0: she's a delight he's such a sweetheart um they're both awesome people but um but we 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 both wanted Colin to be on our show uh we, we wanted to make that happen but technologically there was a problem uh they couldn't really use their phones it wasn't quite working and so uh, it was uh, credit where credit is due. It was completely Bridget and Aaron's idea. Um, I don't know whose idea it was among the two of you, but somebody said to us, hey, we should we should put pool our money together and buy Colin a laptop. And I was like, well, I mean, that makes sense. But uh, also, I have a laptop that's, you know, it's not very old, it's still in good condition. Um, why don't we just send him that one? And that turned out to cost almost as much as just buying him a laptop would be. But we did it. Um, we sent him a laptop, uh, you know, courtesy of the USA and UK post office. And, and when it arrived there, they tried to charge him tax for it, which just pissed me off beyond belief. I'm like, come on, we already spent how much to ship this thing? Now you're charging him. So they basically ruined the surprise gift because we didn't tell him it was coming. He had no idea what was happening. So they they ruined the surprise and they wanted to charge him for it. I I was very tempted to just fly to the UK and start punching postal officers in the face. I was so mad. I was furious. And it's not even really the post office's fault, it's government, it's a VAT, I think, is is uh, the name of the tax that does it, and a lot of people there hate it, but in any event. Long story short, he got his laptop uh, and we're so thrilled that he loves it. <laughs> he's described it multiple times as a porch. I, I might describe it as a gently used porch, but uh, sure. Because um, <laughs> it's faster than anything he's had. But uh, now that he's got it, we're so thrilled that he's enjoying it. Uh, and uh, we, uh, we've we all made plans to have him on the show. Funny thing, while we were making the plans to you know set this laptop up and ship it to him, he found a way to to make his his technology work, and he guessed it on a couple of podcasts anyway, making the whole thing kind of a moot point. At that point, we were just like, let's just send Colin a laptop. Why not? Um <laughs> We were already so far into it; we'd already spent you know so much time and and uh, not money yet because we I stole the laptop from my possession at this point. But I was like, screw it, I'm sending it to him anyway. But I'm glad I did because that uh, yeah, he was enjoying it, so it all worked out in the end.
1: Yeah, uh, I I came up with the idea because I we had him on the show with uh, Skype. We did Skype back before we worked with um, our friend Seth Everett to help us with some of our like audio issues and stuff. We had worked with just whatever our guests or friends wanted to record with, and so. Mm-hmm. Skype worked for Colin, so on, I think it was like episode 24, or 25, it was right before we took our break to fix our sound issues, we had him on, and he was our guest host. He so was a delight. However, it's our worst episode, I think it was 25, because I think I named it Staying Alive, because <laughs> it was editing his and Bridget's audio, that mm. I was like, we have to get Colin
0: the computer.
1: I can't live like this, because his mm. was... On an old iPad or phone, and then he had the like the Apple headset with like the little the older clicky kind of little bar microphone on it, mm-hmm. and it was like rubbing his beard. And then Bridget's um, mic went out for some reason, mm-hmm. so she had to put on her old school wired with a mic headset. And he it was hitting her sweatshirt. And I was like, you guys. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: I need this to it was literally singing in the rain with the pearls and the, like, mm. I can't stand him. And, like, the <laughs> noise in the background. And I was like, we have to make all these things better or my life will mm. get worse every time. Right. So, right. but look, you did all the work. So uh, mm. I put the credit in your hands.
0: But, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Everybody contributed. Um, you know, we split the, the costs pretty effectively, I think. Um, and everybody pitched in again when, uh, the VAT reared its ugly head. But, um, in regards to Colin's question, uh, QI, uh, whether Stephen Fry or Sandy Toxwig is a better host. Um, this is really hard. Um, because I love them both so much. They're both very, very, very funny. And, uh, and they both contributed a lot to the show. I feel like it's kind of an unfair, unfair comparison because Sandy hasn't had. Um the time that, that Stephen Fry had, he had thirteen seasons. Sandy's only been on from like N to S, which I don't know how many letters that is off the top of my head. Six, seven? Something like that. Six, I think. N O P Q R S, yeah. <clears throat> so she hasn't had the amount of time that, that Stephen's had. Um I feel like Stephen Fry had a had a ton of just like legendary moments on that show. That were just absolutely hilarious. Like the one time he flubbed a line, and the remainder of the guests just turned it into like a full-on song, uh, just making him cry with laughter was, was probably one of my favorite things ever. But Sandy's had some moments like that as well. Um, she described meeting Julie Andrews, and Alan Davies just goes into a into a like a spiel about Julie Andrews who won't stop talking, uh, and she's got a Cockney accent for some reason. Uh, and he just broke Sandy so hard. It, 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 I can't pick. I, I I legitimately can't pick. I love them both. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna cop out and call it a draw. Well,
1: she was on. Um, what was she on? Great British Baking Show. Uh yeah,
0: she did Great British Bake With Off that guy for a that long I time. I can't
1: uh, think of his name, uh,
0: Noel Fielding.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wait, no, wait, yeah, noel's yeah, the, the guy
0: guy looks like a crow always dresses very extravagantly yeah, he
1: was in that i t show The yep. Eight Crowd.
0: yep, yep yep.
1: Okay. all right, yep, cool, I agree on all those points yeah.
0: <laughs> they're they're both great. One thing I will say is that it seems like the quality of the guests has gone up since sandy sandy started because they've been having a lot they've been having a lot more uh female comedians, and uh the female British comedian community is incredible there's absolutely hilarious ladies uh don't get enough time on screen it's all it's almost always giving more to men than women but i mean it's sarah millican Catherine ryan uh carrie lloyd um so many uh holly walsh uh like just absolutely hilarious ladies and uh, they didn't there would occasionally be women on the pride version, and maybe once, I think, in the entire run, women outnumbered the men, but it genuinely, it genuinely seems a lot more fair now that Sandy's on. Now, here's the other thing we can consider, is that Sandy still, to this day, despite the fact that the show is just as popular as it's ever been, makes a lot less than Steven did when he left. Like, it's still, like, I, I, I don't know the exact figures. It might be like 40% less, but it's a lot. And it's like, uh, at this point, it's been six years, you know, either she's successful at keeping the show popular or she's not. And she deserves the same amount of credit as Stephen Fry, at least in my book. So if we're going by that basis, I'd have to give the edge to Sandy because she's doing more with less. So, but if you're just talking straight down the middle, talented, funny, all that, it's, it's, it's a draw.
1: In case our listeners can't hear my brain rattling around in my head, that's not (laughs) picking up on the microphone. I've been shaking my head because,
0: of course, the talented, funny woman makes less than a man. Of course. Of course, right? Yeah, it's it's not surprising, and that's the problem.
1: It's like Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. She did everything he did, but Mm. in heels and backwards. And I think he still always
0: had the bigger picture. Yeah. And it's garbage and it's got to change. And it's going to change right here. This is it. This is the moment. Woo! I'm, I'm turning I'm giving, this podcast into an equal pay. I'm giving uh, myself a raise. Political activism. Yeah, that's right. Zero. I am, I am to doubling zero. your pay. I'm doubling wow. your pay for this podcast.
1: If only math did. And I'm,
0: I'm cutting mine in half. I'm cutting my pay in half and doubling yours. Hey, how's that?
1: Hold on. That's amazing. <laughs> You're really. I mean that's fair because I listen. I we got we got to work.
0: set an example. We got to set an example. I'll cut my zero in half, and I'll double your zero.
1: I'm gonna keep <laughs> this recording
0: so that if we ever get like, <laughs> super
1: famous, I'll be like, hey, remember that time you have to give me half your budget? I'll so
0: tell you tough. what. I'll I'll agree right now that if we ever start making money on this, you should get sixty percent, and I'll take forty. Or you know what? Better yet, because you do the editing now, pretty much full time. You can take seventy percent. I'll take thirty. How's that? Okay, let's. You'll get s- you'll get over double what I make. How's that? Let's do sixty forty. I'll keep fifty. I'll take ten percent,
1: and I'll pay some intern fan to edit our show for us.
0: There you go. I like that. That works. And
1: really, the other ten percent is going to go to our silent but tiny co-host. Abby. <laughs>
0: With- Yay, Abby! Well, equal pay for dogs, too. Okay, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. We're taking a stand right here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Listen, we've gone on forever about Colin's email. Jesus. We have another one. We have another <laughs> one.
1: And this one's from Todd, so we know it's going to be lengthy.
0: Okay, I'm ready. I'm prepared. Okay.
2: Well, hello, you two. I decided to record it this way and send it via the email. So not only do you get a voicemail, but you also get an email because I don't know if you've gotten any in the inbox yet. So I figure this is a way to, you know, do bustle. that or whatever the fuck it's I'm bustle. trying to say. Anyways, um, just wanted to say great episode, uh, the Yuletide fighting and hamster <laughs> fun stuff. God, that brings... Means- the, the whole website thing just reminded me of when I had my own Cities page and how everybody was trying to make their own little, you know, website and stuff. So it was kind of fun in doing that stuff. And that's kind of where I got my start to doing web design and stuff. And ironically, I actually was a web designer for a long time. I actually went to school for it. Although as soon as I got my certificate that says I am one, it's pretty much obsolete because shit changes like daily. But... Um, if you guys do need help with setting up a website, I mean, I'm more than happy to help. Uh, I used to do it. I still know how to do some of it. I mean, I even was running on a Ferris unofficial official website for a while. I think it was for at least like four years before she, uh, really blew up in popularity and her movies and everything like that. Um, but yeah, I have no problem giving you guys a hand if you would like me to. And, uh, and I apologize for not calling last week. Um, obviously it was dealing with some, you know, personal stuff. Aaron or Aaron, you got to make sure I'm specific. Aaron knows what, unfortunately we were going through with the passing of Victoria's mom and, um, yeah, so it was kind of a rough week and I usually call right after I listen to the episode and that was when all that happened, when we found out. So. I unfortunately was sidetracked and didn't call in, and yeah, I mean, hopefully you guys can forgive me, but I like to support you guys on all your media networks, you know, from all your different podcasts, because that's just the type of guy oh. I am, um, and anyways, I think I will shut up now, because I don't want to make it more difficult to edit, since she already has to edit my other voicemails on the <laughs> other podcast. but anyways. You guys keep up the good work. I'm enjoying the whole topics. It's fun learning about new things. And like I said, it just makes history sound that much more fun and engaging. So that being said, you two have a great day. Have a nice weekend and talk to you next week. This is Tallyman Man Todd out. See ya.
0: Oh, Tally Man Todd. What a ledge. Um, I, you, I, I'll tell you what. Uh, the- the thing about Telly Man Todd is he does go on a bit, a bit, just, just, just a bit to the point where I had something in my mind that I was going to react to at the beginning of his voice now. But at some point, uh, all my brain could, could handle was he knows Anna Faris, and then just everything else kind of shut down. Like I don't, I don't, I don't even remember what I was going to say or what I was even reacting to in the beginning of his voicemail. <laughs> I think my brain just went, ooh, could we get Anna Ferris on the show? Um, <laughs> probably not. Uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but I legitimately uh, can't remember what I was going to say. It's gone. It's completely gone.
1: I uh, Todd is someone that loves with his whole heart when he loves something and is a fierce supporter of both of our... All of our podcast endeavors, um, yeah, and apparently offering us some free web design. What? what? I wish we could have a GeoCities. Is that wrong? Like, <laughs> I want to <laughs> bring that like old school, new internet vibe. That well,
0: you know what I? You know I? I would be very much surprised if we could have a GeoCities, but I think we could still have an Angel Fire. <laughs> I think that site is still around because that was the one I made my first website on is Angel Fire. Uh, I'm checking it right now, and yes, you can still make an Angel Fire website.
1: I mean, that's I guess the second. In 2022,
0: best thing. you can
1: yes. I mean, GeoCities would have been made me happier, but I get it. It's not there, and also they had really shit bandwidth. Honestly, like. <laughs> The yep. hamster dam, or the hamster dance broke geocities. So <laughs> uh, probably, I mean, since we're so popular, it's not a good idea. Oh wait. Anyway, um, yeah. So I don't know how long we've been talking because I just have such a good time with my co-host. I lose track of time.
0: <laughs> it feels like it's been about twenty minutes, but uh, I wouldn't mind taking a couple minutes to catch up on you and I personally. Uh huh. Um, so for me, I really don't have a lot, but last week I was getting ready for the 100th episode. This week, I believe I am ready for the 100th episode. It is happening next weekend, um, Saturday at 2pm. Um, so super excited about that. We have an audience of 20, 30, maybe 40 people at most. It's going to be a small room event, but hopefully it goes over well. Like, the the only thing I'm worried about is echoes, but, um, Stevie's bringing an area rug to throw in a corner. Hopefully that will dampen some of the echoes and we'll, we'll, we'll just see how it goes. But there really isn't any more preparing I can do at this point. It's just waiting for the moment to go. So I've, I've taken the liberty of just taking this weekend to just de-stress and just not not work on anything important. They're basically just <laughs> like playing video games and, and uh, hanging out with friends and just kind of closing the door on, on anything even remotely stressful. Uh, and I've been having a great time. So I'm I'm feeling re- rested and relaxed and hopefully it doesn't like, uh, the de-stressing holds until Saturday. All
1: right.
2: Excellent.
1: That's, yeah, that's what's
0: going on with me.
1: A a low stress Aaron is uh, a, good, a good Aaron. good Uh I I heard something in Todd's voicemail I just thought of that I wanna just comment on real quick. Uh, Go for it. the way Todd said my name, the ear and I feel like my my name should be like a picture of an ear, like an ear emoji <laughs> and then in. Anyway, um so my and week,
0: what? Should mine be like a gust of wind, like Aaron? Oh, Aaron! Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, my my week was stressful. Our work is stressful, mm. but um, I've been practicing some, you know, self care, and I've been doing my like therapy and shit. And that's measurably helpful to my life. Mm. Um So I went out um, on Friday night. I was out well past my forty one year old bedtime, and I went to a, like a bar pub trivia thing. Nice. Drank beer. I had spaghetti and meatball pizza. Mm. Sounds weird, but really mm. the noodles are like negligible to the texture. Mm. Essentially, just like a meatball pizza. Mm. It was good. I liked it. Although I'm at that age where I had probably like 60 ounces of beer that night because I had like two big tankards. And then that pizza, I had real bad heartburn yesterday. Yeah. I was like, I woke up and I was like, I can't. Did I eat fire? Why?
0: <laughs> um,
1: yeah. So, and then last night, I decided at like seven, six, mm-hmm. seven o'clock, I was like, I have to watch Gilded Age. I have to see this show. One of my favorite Broadway actors, isn't it? I must watch it now.
0: And uh,
1: Yeah, so the first episode's on like an hour and thirty almost, and then the others are wow. like forty five to fifty and so there were five. Okay. <laughs> so I went to bed real late. But I feel like I've regained some of my like joy of my life. I don't know. Anyway. Mental health is important, so it sounds like we both have had a self-love kind of weekend.
0: Yeah, yeah, just kind of weeding all the stress off. It's been delightful. Yeah. Well, in any event, um, I think that's going to do it for part one. Uh, as always, part two will be our first uh, topic. Um, Mine? Um. Uh, well, it, I'm going to go first, and uh, my topic is... Um, well, let's just say, uh, it's not gonna make the world spin on its axis. Uh, <laughs> that's really a terrible clue. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll see you after the break. Hey, I'm Pantsless Aaron. This is Stevie. And I'm Augie. And we are Because Fuck You, That's Why, the podcast that's all about playing games and having fun. Our games are mostly based on British panel shows or British game shows, but we'll play just about anything that catches our attention and imagination.
2: Our show is all about laughs, so please come by and have a great time. Why? Because Because fuck you, that's Why?
0: Hey there, welcome back. It's time for topic number one, uh, and uh, this week I am going first. And I want to talk about the Central Union Telephone Company building. Wait, 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 come back, come back. This is actually interesting, I promise. Because this building managed to pull off something that you would think would be impossible for a building, and yet it's an ability that you and I take for granted, because it turned... 90 degrees to the left. In 1929, the newly christened Indiana Bell Building, so named because it was purchased by the Indiana Bell Telephone Company, was planned to have been completely demolished and replaced with a much larger building to serve as their company headquarters. The problem was that the building provided telephone service to a good portion of Indiana, and the length of time it would take to tear down and rebuild would leave a lot of people without telephone service and this was deemed inexcusable so who would you turn to uh, in the event of needing to you know rebuild or expand a building why not the father of famous author kurt vonnegut junior kurt vonnegut senior <clears throat> yes uh, kurt vonnegut senior was an architect and uh, while his son wouldn't become a famous offer for several years um he did attempt to find a way to expand the building uh just just completely grow it out instead but for whatever reason logistically it wouldn't work in the building's current orientation but he theorized that if they rotated the eight-story steel frame and brick building just 90 degrees That would provide the necessary room to expand the building, and it was overall cheaper than demolishing and building a brand new headquarters. Now the problem is, how do you rotate a building that measures 100 by 135 feet and weighs about 11,000 tons? Well, in 1930, they started by lifting it up a little. They accomplished this by using steam-powered hydraulic jacks, and then they rested the building on a concrete mat, and rested that on a bed of enormous pine logs. They then turned the building with hand-operated jacks, which shifted the building three-eighths of an inch at a time. This resulted in the building moving at a top speed of 15 inches per hour also known as my normal walking pace. When the building cleared a log, they placed it back in front of the line of logs and carried on. They shifted the building 16 meters south. Then, once they had clearance, they rotated the building 90 degrees to the left and then shifted it 30 meters to the west and put it back down in its new position. The whole operation took about four weeks. Perhaps the most astonishing part about this move was that the building remained open and in operation the entire time. People went to work through a movable concrete and steel bridge, which connected the vestibule to a sheltered passageway that moved with the building, allowing the 600 employees and members of the public to enter and leave at any time during the move. There was also no interruption in gas, electric, heat, water, or sewage during the move as they'd lengthened and made flexible all the utility cables and pipes serving the building. The employees reportedly never felt the building move and telephone service in Indiana continued without any interruption. The company didn't lose a single day of work. The entire operation took less than 30 days and remains to this day one of the largest buildings ever moved and all of this took place over 90 years ago so the next time i don't feel like getting out of bed i'll think about the indiana bell building i'll rotate 90 degrees to my left and go back to sleep and that's the indiana bell building what do you think
1: um, I have questions. Did you say how many stories it was?
0: Eight. Fuck. Eight stories tall.
1: That is big.
0: Yeah, it was, it was a big building. And I mean, it's just so impressive to me that they figured out how to move a building like that without any damage. Without the, the, the most impressive thing is that they didn't impede work at all. Like they just, probably over a weekend, they, they, you know, lengthened and made the flexible cables for all the utilities, for all of them, <laughs> so that, you know, even though they were moving and turning everything, everything still works. Like, it's just impressive as hell to me.
1: God. I just, when you said it was like, literally was like over here making notes, when you said it was <laughs> three-eighths of an inch.
0: At a for, time, yeah.
1: I was like, excuse me, what? And then you said, <laughs> what did you say? Total per hour, it was like fifteen inches an hour.
0: Fifteen inches an hour, exactly. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it did take a month at that speed, but that's still like what, um, eight feet a day? I mean, <laughs> you know, look, like, uh, more maybe nine, ten feet a day.
1: It's faster than I can uh, <laughs> than I could do it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I certainly couldn't move a building uh, the, the size of a small shed, let alone uh, eight story tall and eleven thousand tons. Yeah. In any event, I struggled with my game this week because I wanted it more related to the topic at hand, but there's only so much I can do with buildings moving around, so I kind of threw that away. Um, <clears throat> and I decided instead of Kurt Vonnegut's less famous architect father. Uh, that my quiz would be about 10 less famous relatives of extremely famous people.
2: Uh, I'm going to give you a name, and all you have to do is tell me
0: what they do for a living, and to make it easier, I'm going to give you two choices for each name. Uh, they will get harder as we go. Ready? Okay. All right, we're going to start with an easy one, or at least I think it's easy We'll see. Uh, Bill Murray's brother, Brian Doyle Murray, is he an actor or a proctologist? Arcologist? No, he's an actor. Oh, I so thought you would know that. Um, Who the fuck is
1: Brian Doyle Murray? If you I, if you
0: if you Google him, I guarantee you will recognize God. his face. Fucking He's it. he's been in a ton of things. Uh like I said, not as famous as his brother, but uh he is very popular. Oh, this fucker. Yeah <laughs> I knew you'd recognize him. Son of a bitch.
1: <laughs> Alright, okay. All so I right. have a big zero. Okay. Alright,
0: that's okay. We, we're going to pick it up. We're going to pick it up right here. Yeah. Uh, Sylvester Stallone's brother, Frank Stallone. Uh, background artist or singer? <laughs>
1: uh, I did a movie with Frank Stallone. Really? I costumed a movie he was in. Um, so I know that he is a singer and that he also, one of his albums is called Let me be frank.
0: (laughs) Exactly right. On all counts. Well done. Uh, One point to you. Next one. Robin Williams' daughter, Zelda Williams, actress or game designer?
1: Game designer.
0: Mm, She's an actress.
1: Fuck! What are you people doing? Get your family out of
0: entertainment. (laughs) listen she's uh she's doing some impressive stuff from what i see she's she's not quite attained her father's level of fame but uh uh the the, the projects that i've seen uh her name on have been really interesting so um fingers crossed for <laughs> next uh billy eilish's mother maggie baird actress or yoga instructor I know the Eilishes are pretty rich. Mm-hmm.
1: Or like the Eilish family, which really is just whatever you said her last name is. Mm-hmm. I know they're really rich, and I don't know what the dad does, but I don't think that you could be that rich for being a
0: yoga instructor. Honestly, so I'm going to say she's an actress. And, and that will get you the point. That's exactly right. She is also an actress. Um... I don't know anything that she's been in, but um that's what she does. So uh moving on. Uh Justin Bieber's mother, Patty Mallets, uh author or music teacher? Super names. Music teacher. She's an Fuck. author. Fuck! She wrote a biography uh, about her life, being the mother of Justin Bieber, and apparently sold, and that's uh, she's she's living on that. It reached, I believe, number nine on the New York Times bestseller list. It may have been lower than that; it might have been like Just seventeen. Just kill me. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I have um, like
1: three awesome book ideas, and have like, no idea how to make <laughs> them happen. And this fucking, you know yeah. what? Next question.
0: Okay, Please. next. Let's move on. <gasps> uh, Johnny Depp's cousin. Elizabeth Mary, military admiral, or head of state? Head of state? Is right. <laughs> She's Queen Elizabeth II. Is Johnny Depp's distant cousin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For realsies.
1: <laughs> oh, how disappoint. How disappointed are you in the morning when you wake up and you're Queen Elizabeth and you're like I'm related to that guy? And look, I love Johnny Depp. Don't mm. get me wrong. Yeah. But I I smelled his jacket once. This is a long story to unpack. Just take it at face value that I was holding his jacket and I sniffed it, and it smelled like what I thought it would, and it was just like sort of musky man scent and cigarettes. <laughs>
0: And so I just, it just doesn't seem like. <laughs> okay, well, a little bit of insight there into Johnny Depp. <laughs> um, in any event, uh, wow, okay, yeah, let's let me shake that off. Let's move on. Um, so, uh, you got three points. Um, next up is Sean Connery's brother, Neil Connery. Truck driver or plasterer? We're getting into the toughies here. These are in the weeds. What were my
1: choices again? Truck, truck driver, driver or, what?
0: or plasterer? Plasterer. Is right, yeah. Um, I was hoping you'd pick on the fact that that was oddly specific. Uh, yes, he is a plasterer, he owns a plaster business. Uh, that's pretty much all there is to say about him. Um, so you're up to four points. Uh, here's the next one. Nicole Kidman's sister, Antonia Kidman, journalist or author? Author. She's a journalist. Sorry. Uh, she still lives in Australia, where Nicole Kidman is from. Uh, and I think she's actually also a TV presenter. Um, but, uh, uh, still nowhere near as famous as her big sister. But, fingers crossed, rooting for her. Um, Okay, uh, next up is Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen's brother, Trent Olsen, comic book writer or politician?
1: Whose brother?
0: Uh, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen, the, the, the Olsen twins. Comic book. Is right. He's a comic book writer. Uh, he's most famous for writing for John Carpenter's Asylum series of comic books. And uh, you have five points. Last up is Angelina Jolie's brother, James Haven. Is he an actor or a political activist? Let's go activist. I was so sure you were going to say it. He's an actor, I'm afraid. Um, she is more of the political activist between the two, but uh, he has done projects that have political meanings. But his job, his real job, is as an actor. So, uh, yeah. Not bad, not bad, middle of the row, five points, but um yeah, uh, nothing to sneeze at there. Well done. Well done. <clears throat> and that's my list of uh less famous siblings of extremely famous people. Alright. Well, uh you you've got five points, it's a good start, but uh next up we're gonna do your topic, and then I'm going to be up against the wall. We'll see how I do. Uh Aaron, do you wanna drop a hint about what your topic is? Uh, it is going to be on fire. Ooh, let's uh, let's all look forward to that. We'll get to Aaron's topic right after this.
1: Hey, Bridget. Hey, Aaron. You know what time it is. No, what time is it? It's Bicoastal Biatches time. Finally, we so need to catch up. Join the bitch brigade and listen to Bicoastal Biatches. Where can they find us? iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
2: Hello and
0: welcome back. Uh, Game one is done. And, uh, Erin has earned five points. Now it's time for Erin to present her topic and attempt to confound me with her game. Let's see how well she does before the break. Uh, you said your clue was that, uh, it was on fire. Yeah,
1: that's accurate.
0: Does that lead into it?
1: Yeah, so... I wanted to talk about today, because I haven't talked about anything upsetting for a while. I wanted to talk about (laughs) the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire. Oh, boy. So, in Greenwich Village, which is a neighborhood in New York City, specifically. Everyone, because you don't know. I want to explain that to everyone listening. Anyway, so in Greenwich Village, on March 25th, 1911 the deadliest industrial disaster in the history of the city occurred. This was a fire. The fire caused 146 deaths Mm. of the garment workers. Uh, 123 women specifically, or 223 women and girls, and then 23 men. They died from either smoke inhalation, actually just being burned to death, or many tried to jump out of the building or fell out of the building to their deaths. Which, by the way, there are readily available photos of the bodies on the ground. That No, um, that, that's okay. No, I'm that's, not showing you. I'm just saying I did not ever look it up on the internet. I had heard about it. I had not looked it up. And I was like, there's a lot of pictures. Anyway... No. Let's move on. So the factory was located on the 8th, 9th, and 10th floors of the Ash Building, which was near Washington Square Park. Uh, The 1901 building is still there and is now known as the Brown Building, which is owned by the, uh, partly owned by NYU. Uh, It's been designated a National Historic Landmark, as well as a New York City landmark. Uh, basically, <laughs> the doorwells to the stairs were locked, uh, in the buildings. This was a common practice in factories because they didn't want the people to steal things, specifically mostly in this case, women leaving with things in their purses.
0: So That's it.
1: all of the emergency exit doors were locked because they wanted them to walk by the foreman to show them their purses to prove they weren't stealing. So this was kind of a perfect storm. So this was a common practice. This wasn't just this one company's shitty attempt at preventing uh, theft. It was a common practice. No one trusted their their employees because why would you? They're poor and you have money. So the fire led to legislation because obviously you can't track and then not have them be able to get out. Um, most of the workers were Italian or Jewish immigrant women and girls who worked nine hours a day uh, on weekdays, seven hours on Saturday for a total of 52 hours, and they would earn between $7 and $12 a week, which is the equivalent of $191 to three hundred and twenty seven dollars a week in nineteen or sorry, in twenty eighteen when this article was written. They uh and by article in Wikipedia. Thanks Wikipedia. Donate. <laughs> anyway, so that's about s- between three thirty to six thirty per hour. So well below a living wage. Uh, So at 4 p.m., approximately 4.40 p.m. on Saturday, March 25th, 1911, the workday was ending. A fire flared up in a scrap bin under one of the cutter's tables on the northeast corner of the eighth floor. So the first fire alarm went in at 4.45 by a passerby on Washington Place. They saw smoke coming out of the eighth floor window and both the owners of the factory were in attendance and had invited their children to the factory that afternoon. The fire marshal concluded the cause of the fire was disposal of an unextinguished match or cigarette butt in the scrap bin. Beneath the table the wooden bin were hundreds and hundreds of pounds of scraps left over from thousands of shirtwaists that had all been cut at that table. They piled up until the last time, uh, since the last time the bin was emptied. And then all the flames were able to rip through that pile. And then they had the hanging uncut fabric all along the outer edge of the room. So literally you had this like insanely flammable situation that these people were locked in. Mm -hmm. So there were two freight elevators in addition to... The fire escapes, and then the actual, like, stairwells. Well, the stairwells were locked, which you know. And the, uh, service elevators weren't working great. In fact, because of the fire, people died in the elevator. The, um, it doesn't say if it dropped or if they, let's see. Oh, no, it does. Yeah, it buckled. That's right. The, um... So the elevator runs on, like, rails, basically. Uh And so the rails buckled, and the elevator basically just, like, fell. So those people just died. So that's fun. Mm -hmm. Early references of the death toll, they said it was between 141 to 148, um, which now we know was that 146 died. Most of the victims did die of of uh, burns, as- asphyxiation or like blunt impact injuries like the people in the elevator or uh, when stuff inside the building collapsed on them, things like that. They took all the bodies of the victims to the Charities Pier located on 26th Street at the East River for identification of friends and family. So they just literally like took all the bodies and lined them up and said, come tell us if they're yours. Oh you just- my let us know if you know who these oh. people are.
0: Oh Christ.
1: So the the owner of the company, oh. so they uh <laughs> they survived the fire because they fled to the roof when it started. They went up, which I guess was smart because it only affected those three floors that I initially mentioned. Well, they eventually were indicted on charges of first and second degree manslaughter because of the locking of the stairwells and the incredibly poor and very flammable working conditions. Uh, The main charge, though, was the locked doors. They were found liable in uh, in a civil way. Basically, there was a civil trial Mm In 1913, so two years later, they were found guilty. But when it came to the actual manslaughter charges, they were acquitted because they were too rich Mm -hmm. white
0: men. Mm -hmm.
1: So uh, in 1913, they were fined $75 per deceased victim. And that fine was actually sort of like a compensation that was paid out to the families of the dead workers. Which sounds like, hey, that's nice of you, except they received about
0: $400
1: per person in the insurance settlement from the fire. Oh, for God's sake.
0: In 1913,
1: the, uh, one of the two owners of that building, Max Blank, he was arrested in again in 1913 because he had locked the door in a different factory. Oh, my God. And then, as a result, he was released, but charged a fine of $20, which was the minimum that fine could be in 1913. So, anyway, a bunch of people got mad, and they created all sorts of uh, legislation. Not as good as the the watch-style situation for the Radium Girls, where they actually created basically OSHA, but... There were a whole bunch of laws about factory safety, worker safety that went into effect. They even had the American Society of Safety Professionals was created as a result. And that is the Triangle Shirt Waist Factory Fire.
0: Well, uh, thank you for, uh, adding stress to my stress-free weekend, because I'm guaranteed to have a nightmare tonight. Um.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so sorry. I didn't realize you were on this, like, weekend of (laughs) stress-free. I had a different topic, and I was like, I'm not prepared with this. But I'd love to talk about this other thing, because, you know, I'm a a true crime junkie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I, uh. I mean, uh, yeah, on, on that level, it's, uh, well, I, I would say fascinating, but it's mostly just repellent. Um, it's so
1: upsetting that they were oh given God. $400 yeah. per casualty,
0: yeah.
1: and they profited 325 per person they yeah, caused the death of.
0: Disgusting. It's yeah. so gross. Yeah. I fucking hate rich people. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty blanket statement, but honest to God. Um, fucking awful. Greed is the worst thing, and the cause of the most evil on this earth. Swear to God. Uh, in any event, alright. So, let's try and get some sort of levity into this. Oh, this- we have, you, you have a game plan for this, right? Um, something I might enjoy. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so uh because I
1: had this last minute like literally when I was done watching Gilded Age at like two in the morning I was going through and pulling my notes and stuff for this shirt fire or shirt mm-hmm. waist factory fire. I uh I half asked the game, as you know, moments before we started. So this game is called What Happened First? Doo 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 doo. And uh I'm going to give you two
0: (laughs) tragedies. Musical musical interludes. Yeah, I'm
1: going to give you two tragedies, and you're going to tell me which one happened
0: first. Okay.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. So we have the Black Death. Okay. Or Smallpox.
0: Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the Black Death. That was like 13th century, I think. And I, I think smallpox was well after that 17th or 18th.
1: Yes. So you're technically correct. Although I will say that there are some sources out there that said that you can trace smallpox back to a different name in the Roman Empire.
0: Really? There was
1: like potentially a variety of it way back then. But then it just dis- um, basically disappeared. So there's not really...
0: Hmm. I just, I had read that and I was like, whoa. That's interesting. Those yeah, Romans
1: cured smallpox and didn't even tell
0: anyone. <laughs> the Romans cured smallpox and didn't tell anyone. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, of course. It's just like them bastards. Those fuckers. <laughs> All right. So you got drinking two piss, <laughs> washing their clothes
1: and piss. <laughs> Assholes. Okay, uh, so so you have two points now. These are each worth two points, by the way. Okay, okay, uh, okay. Next one, the Titanic sinking, mm-hmm. or the Triangle Shirtwaist fire. Oh,
0: oh I just
1: You have one of the dates because I gave it to you when I did my
0: thing. Yeah, and uh, that's the problem is I can't remember the date. Um, I know when Titanic was. Um, <clears throat> I think the, the triangle shirtwaist fire happened first. It did.
1: It happened a year and two weeks prior. Ooh, wow. Keep that out.
0: A year and two weeks Ish. before Titanic. Oh my god.
1: I'm rounding that. It's probably like nine was days. Was it a
0: multiple? It was a, ni- a nine-day fire? What? Oh god.
1: No, not a nine-day fire. I'm okay. just saying. It's like how my friend Purtle mm. is 268 day, or 258 days younger than me, but not a year younger.
0: It's important. Mm. She is. Yes.
1: Anyway, continuing.
0: Keep her in her place.
1: Right, right. <laughs> okay, so the Hindenburg disaster I know. or the Great Potomac Flood?
0: Oh. (laughs) Um.
1: So mad. uh,
0: I I am mad because this is like something I should know. The Hindenburg, that was like. I want to say. 20s, 30s, somewhere around there. I have no idea when the Great Potomac Flood was. None whatsoever. Um. I'm going to go with the Hindenburg and cross my fingers. And then you would be wrong. Yeah. Hindenburg
1: was 33 and I believe the Great Potomac Flood was 31.
0: Yeah, all oh, well, close. but nice Actually,
1: God. I think it's called the Great Potomac Flood of 1931. I left the name off. Or the, ah. the year off. <laughs>
0: well, I still would have been unsure even if you'd given me the year. I would have been like, oh, crap. Was it the, the 29 no, that's or true, 33? Yeah, yeah that, would have, that would have been lost. Oh, man, In, that would have been even.
1: much more exciting if had, like, <laughs> given you one year and then... All Not right. the other. Uh. Okay. So now we're going to go to one city, and I want you to tell me what happened first. The Great Fire or the Great Earthquake
0: of San Francisco? Ooh, okay. Um, Again, I feel like I know when the Great Fire was. Well, at least I think I know when the Great was. I think it was like the tail end of the 19th century, maybe? Like 1890 something, maybe? I don't know. Great earthquake. When was the Great Earthquake of San Francisco? I mean, my gut says that was much more recent, but I, I don't know why. I don't know where I'm getting that from. Um, it could just be nonsense, cause California has earthquakes. Um, the Great Earthquake? I legitimately don't know. Um, I'm going to flip a coin again. I think I'm just going to go with the Great Fire this first.
1: Okay, well, that coin is your friend today. The oh, good. The commonly referred to as the Great Fire, mm-hmm. though there were many terrible fires. In fact, after the Great Earthquake, there was a Great Fire as well, but it wasn't as big as the original fire. So... 1851
0: for the Great Fire. Oh, I was
1: 191906 1906 mm-hmm. for the
0: Great Earthquake. I may have been thinking of the the, the Great Fire Chicago then. But the That's one the one that where the
1: cow kicked yeah, the bucket.
0: Yeah, Mrs. O'Leary's cow. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway. anyway. Is that
1: Chicago? Is that? I thought it was Chicago. I could don't know where that is. No, I, I, do, yeah. I, I know the story about the cow in the bucket, but I'm,
0: I don't. I'm, I might be mixing up my Great Fires. Who knows? In any event, okay, so I got that one right by total fluke, but okay, I'll take it. Which
1: unfortunately puts you ahead of me in points again, so fuck this game. (laughs) All right, uh, last one, last but not least. You
0: say every time that you're going to make it harder, and then you don't. (laughs)
1: Look, I forgot I wasn't 20 again this weekend, and I stayed up well past my bedtime several times. I'm very tired. I'm stress free. <laughs> I am exhausted.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. One more, one more. Give it to me.
1: You, uh, you wait. There'll be one week where you're like, please <laughs> please don't make them this model. It's all, <laughs> all right.
0: Come on, bring it.
1: Galveston, Texas
0: Hurricane
1: or Pearl Harbor.
0: Ooh. Well, I know damn well when Pearl Harbor was. Um just the question of the Galveston Texas Hurricane. I don't know if a And why specifically Galveston, Texas? Don't hurricanes usually do more uh than the United States than just a single city? I don't know, maybe that's where the most of the damage was and why they called it that. Um I'm gonna have to flip a coin again. I'll say I'll say the Galveston, Texas Hurricane. God oh, damn you.
1: <laughs> lucky bastard. Oh, Did not a great
0: coin. Yeah. Any yeah.
1: of these answers yeah, just no. flipped a coin. Yeah, yeah, so it was in 1900 and it, it was actually uh known as the Galveston Hurricane, but other people called it the Great Storm of 1900 to mm. um was an alternate name and it lasted from August 27th To September 15th, 1900. So we're talking, what is that? Almost three weeks, two and a half weeks that they, yeah, uh, it was, it was pretty intense. In 1900, it did $35.4 million worth of damage. So it's about $1.1, $1.2 billion in today's money for nineteen hundred that's that's a i mean it it was intense it was yeah it was a w- weirdly intense storm i mean it's worse than i guess we didn't build shit as good back then though, no, either but i mean it looks worse than some of the hurt things that we see now that like level towns because it was just
0: like jesus wood just <laughs> piles of wood splintered uh-huh. wood everywhere it's so. All right. Well, uh, with eight points to five, that makes me the champion yet yeah, again. Dumbass. Um, I flipped a coin and it came up heads four times. I'd rather be lucky than good. I think like, you did lose last away.
1: week, though, right? You finally lost last week. I stumped you with the Roger Rabbit names, right? Oh no, nope. you got six and I got five again, didn't I? Yeah. You yeah. dumb fuck. <laughs>
0: Yeah, fluke that one, too. Um, (laughs) um, In any event, uh, I hope you've enjoyed uh, listening to our our musings and ramblings as much as we've enjoyed recording it for you. Um, If you want to let us know or if you want to send us a voicemail, you can do all of these things. You can email us at Aaron and Aaron Inbox. That's A-A-R-O-N-A-N-D-E-R-I-N-I-N-B-O-X at gmail.com. You can also uh, leave us a voicemail on our Anchor page. Uh, that will be linked to our Twitter, uh, which is A-N-E Podcast. It's it, it, There's no underscore in there, right? It's just at A-N-E Podcast, right? Uh,
1: it's at A-N-E underscore podcast.
0: Underscore podcast. Thank you. I want to make podcast. sure I got it right. Good okay.
1: thing you're maintaining our Twitter.
0: It's good. Yeah, yeah. No, I gotta get on that. Um... <laughs> I gotta get on that. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, uh, you can always set us up there. You'll find links to all this stuff. Uh, we post everything to our Twitter, so that's probably the best way to keep up with us. At the moment, we may have a website soon. Maybe. I know. Uh, very excited if Talon uh, and Todd's willing to help out with that because my skills are shit. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't trust myself to, to design a webpage, let alone make one happen. Um yeah, so uh I think that's it. I think I throw could... Oh you can follow me on Twitter at Pantsis You can follow Aaron on Twitter at
1: T O A O Turtle.
0: The one and only Turtle, exactly. Yeah. Uh beautiful. All right. Well, uh so that's gonna be it for this episode. Uh look for us next episode when hopefully we'll have some lighter topics. <laughs> <laughs> to this Yay! Fire! I'm, I'm certainly going to look for something where fewer people burn to death. Um, <laughs> why did I say fewer and not zero? Um, challenge, a, <laughs> challenge accepted. <laughs> no, zero people. I want so zero people burning to death. So more people, you want
1: to more death. Death.
0: No, zero. You want something with more death. No, no, right, I no more death. No, I no hear people. you. No people falling from buildings. No people dying in falling elevators.
1: Loud and clear. I mean, I just
0: eyeballs exploding because they're on fire. None of that nonsense. Dear God in heaven. (sighs) Uh, Yeah, so hopefully next week we'll have something uh, good, uh, something lighthearted for you and for me and for Aaron. As for me, it's goodbye from me and from Aaron. (laughs) Goodbye. Peacefully understated goodbye.